I'm Jethro Jones from Transformative Principle, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hey, welcome back. Today, I got a fun one for you. I'm talking with Mark Griffiths. He's a speaker, consultant, entrepreneur, author, and expert on happiness and success. And wait till you get a load of his friends. He's got some wonderful friends, and you're going to hear from him in just a little bit. He's also the author of a book called Get Happy and The Dream Stealer. This is a lot of fun. Enjoy. Hey, have you got some thoughts, questions, or ideas? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me through my email at stephenmiletto at gmail.com. Stephen spelled with a V, and Mileto is M-I-L-E-T-T-O. And that's at gmail.com. Or if you're in the United States or Canada, you can call my Google Voice number at 478-353-5471. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Take care now. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Mark Griffiths has addressed more than 1 million people in 5,000 talks worldwide. As a keynote speaker, he has researched, written, and spoken for 25 years, speaking to all types of audiences on the subjects of happiness, personal and professional development, self-esteem, goals, and dream achievement. His humor and ventriloquism skills make his talks exciting and different, while his inspiration and wisdom bring immediate and long-term results. Mark is recognized as one of the best educational speakers in the world. He and his puppets have now brought hope and happiness to over a million children, including four of his own. Mark has received numerous accolades, such as Laria National Educational Research winner, New Media Best Children's TV Program winner USA 2012, Mustard Seed Gold National Award winner 2012. He participated in Britain's Got Talent in 2012, Popster European TV Talent Show finalist 2015, Welsh Factor winner Best Specialty Act in Wales 2015. Originally from the UK, Mark speaks internationally but now lives in the USA with his wife and four children. Mark, thanks for joining me today. Say hi to everyone. Hey, hi everyone. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Hey, it's awesome to have you here. And uh, uh, you know, before we go any further, Mark, I got to make sure that I uh, I say this because the uh, you've you've recently moved from uh, from the UK to the United States, and where you've moved to is uh, somewhere in Georgia. So tell me something that you know uh, you know you've moved to the Atlanta area. What's one thing that you've discovered that you like about being in Georgia? <laughs> well, I've got to say my wife. Well, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> She's from Georgia. I'll start off by telling you a funny story, actually. So okay. we were uh, we were dating, and uh, I was in the UK. She is from Georgia, and uh, I showed a picture of my wife to be to my gym instructor. I said, "Mr. Gym Instructor, this is a photograph of the wife that I want to win. Uh, which one of your machines in here should I use to win her?" And the gym instructor looked at the picture of my wife. He looked at me, he looked at her, he looked at me. He says, mister, the machine you need to win her is the ATM machine in the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, but uh, I got here. I'm happy. I actually have five children, one on the way. 
Oh, congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, you think I'm uh, being interviewed today. I'm actually on vacation. Oh, but, well, very nice that you're on uh, vacation. So sorry to interrupt that. I appreciate you spending time with us. <laughs> I'm on vacation from my five children. Oh, <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. Well, yeah, I understand that too. Okay. <laughs> the uh, Nice. So, um, so, you know, it's funny as I was going to ask you what brought you to the United States to come live. And so now I totally understand that. So that question's out the window. So well, yeah, good. I, I think it's also being British. It's got to be the weather too. You know, I look out the window today, it's a blue sky. And with my work, I've had the privilege of traveling a lot. I've actually been to about 65 countries, but, um, but Georgia is, is just great. You know, for, for a British person, look out, see the blue sky. I'm happy. Awesome. So, so, so I got to ask this question. Do you, have you tried or do you know, or does she like grits? Grits. <laughs> the, uh, grits. I do not like, oh. I do not like grits, but uh, I'll go with the wings. Lots of hot wings here. So there you go. That works. That works. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, we'll have to work on the grits thing. All right. <laughs> That's, it's just like a must, man. <laughs> um, so, so what I'd like to do is let's, let's start talking about, uh, um, getting into who you are as a performer and such. How did you get started in ventriloquism? You know, and let's follow that up and talk a little bit about the origins of your motivational speaking as well. Okay, uh, good question. So I actually used to be very, very shy, and I never put my hand up at school. You know, if my teachers asked me anything, even if I knew the answer, I'd never put my hand up. Uh, I was just so shy. But when I was eighteen. I found a book in the library about being a ventriloquist. I thought, oh, that's fascinating, interesting. And uh, I actually came out to America. I found a, an, another book in the library called A Hundred Thousand Jobs in America, How and Where to Go to Get Them. Uh, and I saw one teaching horse riding. Uh, and I came out to the States and I decided right then I wanted to live in America and marry an American with blonde hair. So be very careful what you dream. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I came to pass. But um but I saw a man with a puppet over here. I thought, oh it's fascinating. I've never seen anything like that in the UK. I bought a puppet, took it back home. I actually went off to university college to study agriculture, farming. I thought I wanted to work with animals. I kind of still do. And uh but 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 uh, but I used to volunteer for a local charity in a local school. Somebody said, Come and help me, and I was so shy. I thought, oh, no, I can hide behind the puppet. And so I used to have a puppet just whisper in my ear. I used to hide behind a screen. I got lazy, began to whisper in my ear, uh, and I just got good at it. And I, I always say to people or children, they always say, oh, this is my dream. This is what I want to do when I grow up. And I say, but what are you doing about it? And for me, I, I had an outlet. You know, I used to volunteer in schools and my hobby with a puppet and turn into a job. And it's funny, I used to be so shy and now I, I stand in front of thousands to speak. That's awesome. often, often your weakness, you know, can be turned to your strength. Or you're often, I think, you're attacked in an area of life that is actually your strength. And if you can win it, uh, then you've got a good story. That's awesome. I mean, that's because, uh, you know, I've, you're in front of all kinds of people and not only are you uh, um, talking, you know, from you're, you're talking with you and your characters and in front of all these people and you know as well as in uh, goofing around with adults and stuff like that and getting them to <laughs> be part of your act too yeah. so for someone who's shy uh, yeah lots of funny stories i mean it's very funny i've had somebody you know come, come stay at my house and go who's doing all the voices in the cellar 
you know, I don't understand who are all those people that live downstairs. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> you, you might drive people a little backy, bat, wet, uh, batty, wouldn't, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I come off stage, you know, really tired. You know, you give a go out and then you realize you've actually been talking the whole time. That's wild. I can only imagine. The, uh, that's, <laughs> I can imagine exhausted, <laughs> especially. I can only imagine how you practice. You've, you, you're practicing talking with your characters. <laughs> Does, do you ever kind of like continue that at the dinner table or in restaurants and stuff? <laughs> I, I try I try not to, but the way I work, everyone works differently, I guess, with their skill or craft or hobbies. But for me, I, I, I got to talk to myself in the mirror. So I'll, I'll just pick up my puppet and start having a little chat to them. Like, what should we talk about today? I don't know. Can you think of a joke? No. Can you think of a joke? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, maybe I don't want to admit to that, but that's how I, that's how I get creative. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. That's that is that's incredible. I love it. So, so all you have to do is watch watch some of your videos for a little bit, and you know, and and your website has this name. And what I'd like you to do is, uh, you, you hear you talk about this, and you say, um, "Everyone lives in a box." Can you explain what you mean when you say that? Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, it originated with my, my puppets. Obviously, they live in a box, and I get my puppets out of the box, and they uh, have fun with the audience. You know, I put them away again. And then I got to thinking, I think, I've got no right to teach children or adults or encourage or try to inspire them in any way unless I'm living my dreams and taking risks and trying to achieve my goals. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to get out of my box and take some risks and, and some wins and things in life. So I have a right to actually teach that to others. Uh, and, and then I think it's, it's evolved. I think everybody does live in a box. We're so comfortable with where we're at in life. And uh, most, most of our boxes, I think, are invisible uh, that, that we live in. And... Um, you know, we're in the same routine. And I think one of the problems, especially with teachers, especially with teachers in the UK, is they are so busy. You know, they're so busy, busy, busy. And, and, and they, we have this huge workload on us living in the West. And before you know it, five years has gone past, 10 years has gone past. And we're just, you know, we've been in our box living in our box but there's always a higher level of life i say that we can live at where we can see our breakthroughs our dreams starts come true but to get there you know we have to do things differently think a little differently uh, to get out our box to, to to live that to live the big life that we want to live that's awesome i love it and uh, you're so right uh, you know it, it's interesting because as i listen to you explain that uh, those we do get we get very busy we get very busy we think about these dreams and then suddenly 10 20 years have gone by and you're like well <laughs> maybe eh. yeah and i say to people like there's there's always four steps we can take all the time uh one of it is no step on oh, no thanks that that was interesting like interesting interview thank you but but i won't make a change in my life thank you or a backward step, which a lot of us make. Oh, I got burned there. I tried that once. I got disappointed. I'm not going to do that again. Or a little step, like most people try and take little steps in life, a little step towards our financial savings goals or a little step towards our 
of all dreams, or, or actually a, a really big step. <laughs> and if you take a big step, I always say, don't blame me if it goes wrong, because you will have, you will have problems if you take a big step. But like, what would it look like if you, if you actually booked that trip to Iceland tonight that you always said you're going to do? Or what happens if you actually packed in your job tomorrow and went to work in that charity that you've said for 10 years you, you want to do? You know, so that there's always one of four steps we can take. And it's just having the wisdom to know which one to take to, to get us out of our box and move us forwards. That's awesome. I, you know, and it's, it just makes you think about all kinds of stuff, especially, especially that part about, uh, I can imagine, uh, you know, with, um, there's a lot of people who can talk about the one where, uh, I've been there, got burned and not going to do that again, <laughs> or, or it scares you about trying to step outside yeah. your box or, or get outside yeah. your box again. Yeah. That's good stuff. You, well, you made a huge change by just simply moving. I can't imagine moving across an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> As a British person, the one thing that drives me nuts is uh, British people say thank you a lot when they drive. Uh -huh. you know, and over here, people don't. And it's not, it, it's just culture. <laughs> you know, but, but British people say thank you. We put our hand up and say thank you. Thank you for stopping the car. And then they'll thank you for thanking them. And you thank them for thanking them. <laughs> I did it, I think, in the UK, like three or four times to one person. I was trying to do a three-point turn in the road, like, thank you. Thank you for stopping to say thank you, to say thank you, to say thank you to my thank you. Very nice. <laughs> and, and, and here, no one says thank you when you drive, <laughs> or if they do, you don't see it through the tinted windows. Right. Like, Why don't people say thank you here? <laughs> that's a British thing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome, because what you got me thinking about right now is, you know, one of the things that uh, – have become a big deal in, uh, and I, I can definitely speak for Georgia and Florida, is that the transportation departments have been focused on creating roundabouts instead of uh, having yeah. stoplights at certain intersections. And so yeah. I could just see where the thank you would work very well. But right now, it's it's like you take your life into your hands when you enter the circle of <laughs> death. You know, it's like, I'm going in here, here we go. And nobody says thank you. <laughs> they might wave at you a little bit, you know. <laughs> I get excited when I see a roundabout here. And, oh, at last, I don't have to stop. Nice. Well, you're just wait. They're all out there waiting for you. So, <laughs> and uh, we have a unique way of driving in them. So, <laughs> and the waving is a little different. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, that's that's cool. So, um, let me. Uh, what I'd like you to do here is uh, let's talk a little bit about. You have a very interesting team that works with you, and so I'd like you to talk a little bit about Kevin, Major Chuckles, and the rest of the team. Could you do that? Yeah, sure. That absolutely. So uh, I, I do have a whole group of puppets. They've kind of evolved over the years, and people relate to different ones. That's what I found. You've got to use the right character with the right audience. Uh, and if you're if you're a teacher listing or you you use puppets in any way, I'd always say if you're working with children under seven or under eight years old, they really like animal puppets. And, and I grew up with Narnia. I love talking animals, uh, but like they love the animals. And then when you're dealing with that over eight, nine, they begin to like human characters. They relate to human characters, like the teenagers or the tweenagers. They love my little puppet called Kevin, who's, who's very like bad. <laughs> and I, I say to Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, yeah. are you here? Yeah. Okay. So Kevin, I, I'd, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? And describe yourself to everyone listening in three words. Yeah, three words. 
Okay, I am a rebel. That's four words, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. So, nice. so, so, so Kevin, Kevin is the rebel, and uh, and then and then more senior people like Major Chuckles. I like Major Chuckles. Major Chuckles is one hundred and two. He's a retired British military uh, officer. Uh, he can't hear too well. You know, uh, he's kind of very, very eccentric, but I, I, I like him a lot. I like talking to him a lot. Major Chuckles, are you here? Ah, oh, yes, here we are. Where are we? Oh, you're in an interview. Oh, good, good, good. I have something annoying in my ear. Ooh, what is it? You. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific show this. When's it going to start then? So, Major Chuckles, yes, I hear you, uh, you were in the war. Yes, I, I killed a few men in the war, you know. Oh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, I was the cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll let you get back to shining your medals. Nonsense! They're called medals! Yes, yes, uh, I can see you've got a few medals there. Yes, uh, I'd like to tell all the listeners how I earned my bronze medal. Oh, well, it's an audio interview. They, they can't see your bronze medal. They can't? No. Ah. Well, I'd like to tell you all about my gold medals that I won. <laughs> yes. Well, I see you've got three medals there. What are they for? Well, this one's for courage, and this one's for bravery. Uh, and the other medal there, Major Chuckles? Oh, yes. That's for elementary school soccer attendance. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, anyway, I, I shall be going now. All right. I'm a collector, you know. Are you? Yes. What do you collect? Dust. <laughs> Bye then. See you. Good show. Good show. When's it going to start then? Right, bye. Get in your box. Ah, nice. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I didn't realize how many people we had on this show today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 have, I have a lot of funny stories. I, ha I had a girl come up to me and she goes, she's about uh, 10 and she, she, like, she looks all around me and she, she taps on the box and she goes, I know how all your puppets and how you do all your magic tricks. I know how they all work. I said, how? And she looks at me very seriously and she goes, there's a woman in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So don't tell my wife, but she's been in there 25 years helping me work all the puppets. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I got to ask this. Have you ever... Uh... Um, when you go through, when you when when they've joined you traveling, <laughs> have you ever been yeah. tempted to have them talk from inside the box to like customs <laughs> or anything like that? <laughs> I, I don't I don't think you can do that. I remember I was stopped once in customs, and Kevin had was searched by this very large lady in customs, <laughs> and I, I felt very sorry for him as she was sticking her hand in all parts of it, looking <laughs> for things I shouldn't be carrying, but uh, everything was fine, and we passed through. Nice. <laughs> I, I can only imagine, considering they um, they have it's compartments. Like, what are you doing to him? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> if if you wanted to be locked up, you could still have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta say that a little bit. You know, I do adult stuff. I I do a few tricks with the microphone and bring the microphone to life. I say, well, not many people can do that. Well, they can, but most of them are locked away. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, something that you, you participated in. You, um, 
in your bio, you uh, participated in Britain's Got Talent in 2012. What was that like, and what'd you do I as did. an act? That's that's a good story. I, I, um, you know, when you have a perception, I, I actually teach uh, school children this. You know, because they, I think, so many of them, you know, even as adults. We live with a lie in our heads of like, when I'm famous, <laughs> you know, or like when I get my breakthrough or, or, you know, when I'm successful, when I get that pot of money, then I'll be happy or then things will go, you know. So, um, and I believe, I believe that lie. And I think going on Britain's Got Talent was very life changing for me as a funny story, but, uh, but it also changed my life and what happened the next day because they called me on and it's like there's thousands of people there all the tv cameras adrenaline pumping i'm wearing my white shirt and, I, and i'm generally i've got everything mapped out in my head you know this is how it's gonna go they're gonna love it uh, and then this is what i'm gonna do in the, in, the, in the next round and this is how i'm gonna win it and i'm gonna get famous and you know and everything's been building up for this big moment and i shake the the judge's hands on the side of the stage. I walk out, you know, and for me, it's like, um, I went on at midnight. Everyone is like super tired. You don't see that on TV. I just feel coffee down my shirt. And, you know, everyone's really tired and it, it, the words didn't come out my mouth as I thought. And there's Simon Cowell in front of me. I thought, I always see him on TV and there he is looking at me and the four judges. And it's a bit surreal when you're there, like, you know, they're only a few yards away. Right. I can only imagine. And, uh, and then uh, Simon Cowell, you know, I, I know he went out to push the golden buzzer, uh, the golden button, but he didn't. He pushed the other one. And I, I just realized for the first time that Simon Cowell was colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You pushed the wrong buzzer. And they're so loud. And then that throws you. And like, you know, I got, I got two yes votes, two no votes. It, it, it's not enough to you know, progress. And, and and I walked out and my, my head is thumping. I was like, and I, you know, I realized for the first time that Simon Cowell was evil. <laughs> and I, my head is spinning. I can't get to sleep at night. It's three o'clock in the, uh, in the morning. And I'm like, who does Simon Cowell think he is? No, no, no. You know, logic kicks in. Simon Cowell can think what he wants. It's his show. No, how dare he say that? You know? And I think it was, I was just embarrassed. It didn't come out of my mouth how I wanted it to. And uh, my head is spinning, and it's still spinning when I walked into an elementary school the next morning. And a little six-year-old looks up at me, and he just said a few words that changed my life. He said, who are you? And, and I thought, wow, is my identity based on what Simon Cowell says about me and my belief that I have to be famous or need to be famous one day? Or, is it, or do I really know who I am? Because this is actually who I, what I teach. <laughs> and, I, and that's probably, I think, that like one of the biggest problems in society and with children today. Like everyone's striving for identity. Who am I? And what's my purpose in life? And so, you know, and that began a journey for me, like really working out who I was and, um, you know, not needing to be famous, you know, just being comfortable with who you are every day. And, and it's a message I like to teach the children. You know, we kick the lie out the window that we have to be famous or have to be a famous pop star or sports star. I say, no, no, we, happiness is, for one of my taglines is happiness is free. 
our dreams are not. So we can choose our happiness each day, but uh, but we can also we also need to keep stepping towards our dreams because they're our goals in life. They pull us forwards. There you go. Britain's Got Talent. Simon Cowell, he changed my life. And I'm actually glad in hindsight I didn't uh, progress, although it was a very difficult lesson to learn. That's amazing because that, that, the lesson just speaks loudly. I mean, especially when that child says that to you the next day, that had to kind of really kind of knock you into, into a neat world. Um, because I, I, I can only, I can't even imagine. I mean, it just, you know, walking on the stage and somebody who you've seen on TV all the time, <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, oops, yeah. he is real. It, 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 is, <laughs> it, is, it is amazing experience. I mean, obviously it gives you something to talk about. People relate to it because right. they see it on TV. But the, but the fact of having whatever, 15, 20 million people looking at you, you know, plus the, the live audience is, is a surreal feeling. It, it makes you able to step into school the next morning much easier. <laughs> Doing a school assembly as well. Oh, there's a whole lot less pressure on this one. I can imagine. It's like, it's like, okay, there's not as many people watching me now. <laughs> We're good. <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Cause that is, you know, it, it, it's, you're so right. The words you just said, I mean, we think about uh, who we are and, you know, a lot of people are that that's kind of like that thing that they're just, it seems to elude them is, you know, they, they think the identity comes with, with something that makes them famous being on TV or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The, uh, you know, uh, you have a series of shows that you do. Um, a couple of them are choose happy hero, good choices and bullying as well as others. Can you, can you share a little about your shows and do you have a favorite? Yeah. Um, I, I my favorite is always the one I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> nice. You know, I, I research it. I, I love doing it. And my latest one is actually, this is the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing this year. And so uh, my current show is called reach for the stars. And actually I, I, I tell it on true stories about animals who've been to space. And the, the last man who stood on the moon said, if I can stand on the moon, what can't you do? And I thought, oh, wow, that's so inspirational. Crazy. And so there's only, only 12 people have stood on the moon, and only three of those have stood on the dark side, the side you can't see. So I do a show about Apollo 11 and, and the story and what happened, but also talk about the animals that went to space and then pull a message out from each of those. You know, like how how can we reach for our stars with our lives? What's the Excellent. what's the thing we're reaching for in life? What can we learn from these animals? So that show I really like, uh, and I do a show that actually won a national award that that changed my life, um, and it's called Gold, and uh, we throw our golden balls to see the gold in everybody else. And G-O-L-D stands for four different animals. And these are the four animals that have the different personality types, uh, the, and which is done many types of forms. You know, we all take personality tests. But no one had ever taught me that. And as an adult, um, I thought, oh, wow, why has no one taught me this before? That is how I work. I am like this animal. And, oh, yeah, my wife's like that animal. And that's why we complement each other. But that's also why we sometimes argue. And then when you can begin to see how everybody works, and even your children in your class work, 
you think, oh, oh, they're like this animal, they're like this one. And it makes you a better teacher because you can instantly relate to people and give that person what they need. So it's like looking through your golden goggles at people uh, and seeing them in this. It's a communication tool to help you communicate effectively to to people you immediately meet uh, and your children and your family and you think, oh, wow, we are all different. There's gold in everyone. And so I use four animals to teach that. I do it in a really funny way. Um, but but that changed my life, seeing the gold in everybody. That's excellent. The uh, um, How long have you been doing the gold program now? Because I know I've, wa- I've watched uh, some of the videos about it. Yeah, about seven or eight years. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to bed for a few years and then it will resurrect itself and I'll, I'll do another season of it. But I, but the message is so strong. You know, everybody relates to it. Like, it's kind of like the, the light comes on like, oh, I'm like that person. So uh, I could unpack it more. We don't have time to do that. But, but it's funny seeing how you work. No, it's excellent. That's and I've in watching those videos. There's, uh, you know, I'll put links in the show notes to uh, um, lots of different places where people can connect with you, and and um, I'll make sure that I link to uh, your because you have a separate website for your gold program, right? Yeah, that's right. Goldinme.com. Yeah, yeah. For anybody listening, I hope this helps you. So I, 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 I mentioned four animals. G stands for gorilla. They're the fun person. Thank you if you're a very fun person in life. Uh, you're often very visionary, and what you need is freedom. And uh, if you if you see little gorillas in your classroom that are lots of fun, very visionary, uh, not very good at finishing things, uh, <laughs> but a lot of life, those are the fun people in society, and those people need freedom to create. Give them freedom, and you'll get great results from them. The second animal stands for is O in gold, is Oreo, Oreo the penguin. Uh, they see things more in black and white. They're like your secretaries, bank managers, very efficient people, secretaries. They often don't like to be the star of society, uh, but they make the world go round. So thank you if you're like Oreo because you need information. And like, give me information and I will do a really good job for you. Or into your children in your class, if you see little Oreos going around, just give them the information. Like, this is what you need to do. And they're happy. They feel safe. And they'll do a really good job for you. And the third animal is Al for Lee the Flea. Uh, Lee the Flea, the bossy one. Very uh, dominant. Uh, my little flea kind of arm wrestles me and throws me around the room. <laughs> but, uh, Those are funny scenes, uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like hey, get off get off stop being so bossy but people that are often come across as too dominant or a little bit bossy but they're natural leaders and uh if you're an adult leader flea you'll probably drive a, a black four by four car that says eat my dirt on the back <laughs> but, excellent but uh but these people uh you, you need purpose you know what's the purpose of this ah oh, why didn't you say okay now i will go and do it and uh, and they can't help but lead. They they shift society forwards. So if you have little uh, little lead the fleas in your in your classroom, you know, just tell them the purpose, and they'll go and do it for you. And the last people, there's quite a lot of these in elementary school. With is the D gold D stands for doggy, and my doggy is the the caring one, your golden retriever with his big brown eyes. Like, oh, how do you feel today? They send people cards. They notice the person that feels a little bit left out. A lot of elementary teachers are mixed between Oreo and the doggy. In other words, they are they're very efficient, uh, but they're also very caring. Uh, 
and the elementary like world lends itself to people like that you make you're an excellent teacher and if you have little doggies in your class uh, they need to do things together they're very relational people they don't like being on their own so it's a communication tool and, and i i thought oh why didn't someone teach me this this is how i work you know that is why i'm attracted to my wife as the opposite we have we have a lot of fun together we're both like um the gorilla we laugh a lot together but neither of us have much oreo the penguin in our family <laughs> so we're like did you pay the electrics no did you pay the electrics the electrics doesn't work somebody needs to pay the bill did you pay the bill no do you pay the bill? <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yes yeah that's that could be that could be a problem when uh, you put two of the uh, the same together i can imagine <laughs> so yeah yeah oh well, yeah you get two oh, oh it's funny you get two doggies they're the very caring ones yes. together and you go out with another doggy and they'll say things like well do you want to eat in this restaurant well i'm happy if you're happy no i'm happy if you're happy <laughs> it, 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 it's great I, I actually do a lot with staff staff sessions or in adult talks with with this and it's very funny i can imagine yeah. that's that's excellent because that is you know it's a big part of in, in your work environment it's a big part of what we uh um, we have to recognize is the people that we work with and uh, so yeah. we can get along. So I, I had people go, that's amazing. That, you know, that was the key for me. I always say, what, what's the key? You need a key to get out your box. So I'll talk about a lot of different things. And I'll, I'll, often they'll say, that was the key for me. I just thought everybody was the same. I think, oh, that's how I work. So, yeah. So my gold show was a life changer for me. And I think it helps a lot of other people. Excellent, excellent. You know, and and since you've kind of gone there, you know, I, I want to use this as a transition because even though part of what you do is for kids, you also have this adult side to your speaking. And some of the topics that uh, someone could choose from are responsibility, happiness, work home balance, having a great attitude, and more. And uh, and just like you just said, the Gold Show works is is for adults also. Do you have one that is requested more than others? And can you tell us a little bit about uh, what an organization can expect from? Mark is a speaker for their adult group. I think, um, well, my dad said to me that you, I really like this. He said, people can't get enough encouragement in life. And I think that's kind of my life message. If I can encourage you uh, just a little bit further on your walk, then it's like job done. I always say when I speak, there's like loads of keys that come out my mouth. I get my puppets out of their box. I like to encourage other people to get their box. You may not agree with everything, but it, but if you can take a key away today, put it in your world, get out your box, and that's what you need right now in life, then, you know, job done. So I love encouraging people. I love giving them keys. I think a really good speaker is not about themselves. They're like, how can I move my audience from A to B and give them a key. So people are, people are clever. You know, nobody likes being told what to do, but it's being encouraged saying, Oh yeah, that's the key that I need to put in my life right now. But I think, I think you hit upon it earlier too. People are so busy. So uh, that's the number one thing. People, people don't really remember what you say. They remember how you made them feel. Nice. And, um, so yeah that's good yeah so it's just it's just encouraging them and and people are so busy so it's hold on it's like time out there's this british guy who's coming to speak today but <laughs> but, 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 but like you know he got his puppets he, he's 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 funny hopefully <laughs> but but uh but 
it, you know, we're so busy. I think it for everybody, it's like time out for me. Do you know, like, hold on, let me just look at my life again. Is it going where I want it to go? What do I need to change about it before, you know, I walk out the door and get busy again and another five years go past? That's it, it, so powerful uh, yeah, what you're saying. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I, I like to bring that to the table, like, because my passion is I hate people living rubbish, boring lives. And how many times do we hear people going, oh, my life gone? And and one of the things I say to people is, what is worse, fear or regret? And fear gets bigger, but regret gets heavier. So we're often afraid to deal with something in our life or make a change. But, you know, and, and, and because people are unwilling to go through the fear to change something or to take a step, that they, they carry on living with regret that gets heavier and then 10 years pass and they go, man, I regret not dealing with that or, or making a change in my life 10 years ago. But they didn't want to go through the fear to deal with regret. So I always say, you know, like live life with no regrets, you know, address your fear, take an action step, break out your box and, and just shift your, so just take an action step some into your life to, to try and shift it into where you want it to be. That's great stuff. Great stuff. The, uh, uh, it, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that we, we mention here is that you have a couple of books and, uh, um, one of them is called dream stealer, choose carefully. And, uh, the other one is get happy, make your dreams come true now. Um, published in 2018 and, and, uh, dream stealer is more of a, uh, an adventure type book, kids book uh, with a story and, uh, it's video trailer is pretty cool. Um, I'm laughing because, uh, you have one of your characters there with you and, uh, um, and you say that it's for anyone who's 10 plus and that it's an adventure story. What's its yeah. purpose? Talk a little bit about Dream Stealer first. Um, if you have a dream, you'll go forwards in life. And people with no dreams go backwards in life. So if someone escapes from prison, they often have no dreams. They, they didn't expect to escape. They go back to their past and the police know where to find them and pretty much catch them every time. Uh, but, but it, and, and, and like when people retire, uh, they're like, Oh, retire. They go back to their past or they'll go back and start reading their, their photo albums, you know, with past memories. They don't have dreams for their future. But, but somebody with a dream or a goal, it gives you something to move towards. And so it pulls you forwards into your future. So like, Oh yeah, my goal is to stand at the top of the Eiffel Tower with my spouse on Valentine's Day. It's a very specific goal. It gives you something to aim towards and work towards. So uh, dreams for me are like goals. They're very powerful. And I did a, a big research project, uh, which won a national award actually on bullying. But the, one of the questions I asked children was, what's your dream? What do you want to do when you grow up? And it was interesting that the five and six-year-olds could all tell me a dream. Oh, I want to be a, a firefighter. I want to play soccer. I want to go to the moon. I want to be a teacher. But they, 10, 11-year-olds, their dreams were already dropping off. You know, like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. Oh, I don't really have a dream. Uh, some of them have very specific dreams, obviously, still. But a lot of them, their dreams are dropping off. I thought, this is really interesting. I thought, surely we need to inspire our children to dream, 
to not not crazy dreams like you have to be famous, but like just just dream into different areas of life, things you can do, and your dreams pull you forwards. And so with my children and whenever I work in schools and with teachers, I encourage them, inspire your children to dream because if you have a dream, you're not going to want to mess around with cigarettes or drugs. You're not going to want to get yourself in trouble because you're going after your dream with passion. You know, it's like, why would I want to do that if this is my dream and I'm aiming towards this? So that's like the kind of message and theory behind the book. Don't let anything steal your dream. But it, but it's also like, it's a fun novel too. And uh, I was inspired by Narnia. I love Narnia. Uh, and so my character gets bullied at school. He goes into another world, meets talking animals, goes to the library of knowledge. And, uh, but also, but always the dream stealer is after him in the book. And so it's a fun novel that you can just read as a novel, like a lemony snicket book or a Narnia book. But right at the back, there's a little section that uh, I encourage children to fill in about their dreams. You know, what is your dream? Don't let the dream stealer ever steal your dream. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I, I hope it inspires a lot of children to dream. That's a lot of schools have used it and, and a, lot of, a lot of teachers have said, I love, you. I love this book. It's the number one book that we request or we read to our uh, year sixes every year. So Very cool. Awesome. So, so let's, let's talk about the, the, the other book because the other book is uh, um, called Get Happy, Make Your Dreams Come True Now. Um, why'd yeah. you write Get Happy and who should read it? Um, I, I think if I said to you, "Happy," you'd probably say, "Yeah, I am." Uh, but there are six areas of life that we, as human beings, need to be happy in, and I equate it to a wheel that goes around. So we need to be happy with. Uh, there's four spokes to the wheel. Uh, one is we need to be happy at work. We need to be happy with our relationships. We need to be happy in our health. And we need to be happy with our money. So when we have a crisis in one of these four areas of life, like it's that, that spoke kind of indents or breaks for a chapter of life. And we, we have unhappiness in our life until we get our job back or get our health back again. Uh, and the wheel can go round. But, but there's also the wheel in the middle of the wheel. I say, you know, the core of who we are, our spiritual world, our, our values, our personality. We need to be happy in that area. And the sixth area is our dreams, our goals. Our wheel needs to be going forward somewhere. So, uh, so I talk about, I talk about the wheel of life in the book and then, uh, and we need to be happy in these six areas. And I, I help people to, to set goals and dreams for their life. You know, we are so busy. When do we last stop and read a book about our goals? When do we last, you know, write our goals or our bucket list down? And and then I have a lot of humor in it too. My puppets comment make it funny too. <laughs> nice. I was going to ask you if they were if made any appearances or not. Oh, funny all the time. Nice. Very nice. So, it, if you were to name one takeaway that anybody who reads Get Happy, um, you would want them to have, what what would that takeaway be? Yeah, great question. I call it Chapter Nine, and you absolutely nailed it right at the beginning of this interview. It is uh, being disappointed. You know, like I tried that once and a lot of people go, oh, 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 it's wisdom. It's wisdom. You know, 
uh, you don't want to get hurt again. Right. I call it the nine, which is we all get disappointed in life. And I say, well, you know, Grandma Cha in South Korea holds the world record of driving test failures. She's failed her driving test 950 times. But the amazing thing is, she said, my, my dream to drive my own shopping home and not uh, have to catch the bus was, was my inspiration to keep me going keep me getting up again until I could pass my driving test. So I said, man, her dream was really quite small to pass a driving test, but she had to get up 950 times until she did it. Uh, and, and there's a few other stories like that. I, I tell a story about Susan. Susan was rejected because of her looks and laughed at for being ugly and sent off her demo tapes to sing time and time again and just was rejected for being so ugly and went into depression. And, and, that, and that's the story of Susan Boyle, who stepped out on stage on Britain's Got Talent and she decided to sing just one more time. Mm. And she got up again, she sang, and uh, her value is, you know, is millions and millions of dollars. She sang in front of the Pope and President Obama, uh, but she overcome her disappointment one more time. So uh, we call it chapter nine, my wife and I, you know, when you go through life and stuff happens and you get disappointed and you think, oh, can I, can I get out one more time? Yes, you can, chapter nine syndrome. And the last thing I'll say about that is the opposite of disappoint is a point and i think you have to know look this is my dream this is my purpose in life this is this is who i am i am appointed to succeed and i can overcome my disappointment because my reward is on the other side of getting up one more time uh, and i i know that i am appointed to succeed this is my dream i can get up another time so yeah i think that's the biggest thing that most people struggle with and i still struggle with it uh, and disappointment really is difficult and really hurts which is why a lot of people uh, give up or are happy to stay in their box they don't want to face that pain but don't live with regret go through the fear overcome the disappointment and get up again that's awesome and that would be a powerful takeaway because that is something that we all you know we run into those those times where uh it is it is difficult it's hard to uh to uh you know you, you get knocked down and you know people yeah. tell you well Every you got to get back up again and you're like well i don't know if i want to or not you know <laughs> yeah. i have i have a really good friend and he drew a graph a graph which really spoke to me once it's not if you get knocked down cuz we always we all get knocked down and eventually i think most of us actually get up again it's how quickly you get up again right uh, so it's like he drew a graph where you kind of fall and then he drew like a long horizontal line where we stay down and eventually we come back up again. But it's like, try not try to get up, you know, quick, get back up again as quickly as you can. Uh, and it's the speed you get up again and get back into life. That's, that's so awesome because that is, you know, you, you, you just think about how uh, difficult it is for people to rebound. Sometimes it, it takes a lot longer and, and just trying yes. to figure out how to give them that, that inspiration to get them moving is, is incredible and, and, uh, good stuff there. So, and I appreciate you talking about that. One of the things I'd like to do, um, at this point is you're in, you know, as you're uh, getting yourself, um, um, acclimated to the U S and, uh, and, uh, going to try those grits again. 
<laughs> I don't own any stock in grid. Sorry, I just thought I'd say that. They, uh, we, you know, you are uh, you're you're reaching out and uh, you're getting uh, um, getting yourself introduced to school systems and businesses and such. Let's use this a little bit of time right here and just uh, kind of um, talk to the audience about uh, you know how they could reach out, find out more, and uh, what uh, sorts of uh, inspirational activities you do uh, and, and provide for um, different audiences. Sure. I, I find this quite difficult to answer because I can speak to anyone. You know, I do, I do, I speak to seniors, uh, under threes, not my favorite audience, but <laughs> and somebody say, could you come and speak to 200 under three year olds? I went, oh wow, gosh. this is really going to push me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, um, the most influential age range in a human being is actually a nine year old. And which is why in Wales they run programs on uh, anti-smoking for nine-year-olds because huh. they have a theory that uh, if I can teach the nine-year-olds not to smoke, it's less likely they will take drugs later in life. And so that was a national campaign aim- aimed at nine-year-olds. So I really like speaking to the to the nine, ten-year-old age range because it's very influential. So. Uh, but but I love speaking in business. I love speaking to adults. Influence always flows down. So wherever there's an opportunity to speak, I'll take it. I love it. Um, and I'll go anywhere. I got a call the other day. Could you come and do a school assembly in LA? So wow. I'm flying out to LA to do one school assembly and, and then flying back. So I'll go anywhere where there's an invite and it works for, for everybody. That's awesome. That's awesome. So so let's make sure, um, um, bef- you know, before we go, uh, you know, how do they connect with you? Where where would you send them? Do you, do you want to? Uh, my website getoutyourbox.com. Uh, if you're into schools or particularly elementary schools or children, I'd go straight to getoutyourbox.com forward slash education. There's some videos on that. Uh, if you go on YouTube, put in Mark, M-A-R-C, Griffiths, or Ventriloquist, Mark Griffiths, Ventriloquist, lots of videos of me on YouTube. Uh, and my email, uh, info at getoutyourbox.com, which is on my website. Uh, yeah, just send us an email, send us a message. I'd love to come and speak and hang with you and make your event a great one. Excellent. And I'll put all that information in the show notes where you'll find those links to the websites as well as his email address. And uh, so it's right there for you. So good stuff. Now, now I got two more questions to ask, but um, well, you got to gotta make sure we hear from Kevin or, or Major Chuckles at least one more time. Are, are they still there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys up? Oh. <laughs> not at the moment actually my favorite my favorite character at the moment was a little alien puppet nice and uh he's so simple like a little sock puppet but uh he, he he's my he's my favorite little puppet uh are you here oh i am here so you're from another world little alien i am my world has been destroyed. It no longer exists. Well, we're very sorry to hear that. What was the name of your world? Toys R Us. <laughs> uh, I'm very sad about that too, by the way. Now? I do. I live in Walmart. <laughs> I see people gliding in their slippers, pushing their carts. 
Well, have you seen any sign of intelligent life on our world? No. <laughs> well, where have you looked? Washington, D.C. <laughs> well, no intelligent life there? No, it was shot. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So it, the... Uh, um, <laughs> so let me yeah now i gotta now i gotta recover I entertain here myself i entertain myself i did a <laughs> show the other day with these jokes it's really funny i did a senior's home i don't think any of them could hear me i think i did the whole show in absolute silence <laughs> wow hello <laughs> that was really really difficult but i thought i know this is funny but <laughs> i'm just gonna keep on going you know keep keep your keep your rhythm here and i did the same show the next day to like uh, a younger audience and they were in hysterics <laughs> so i thought oh well <laughs> you never know who's out there <laughs> exactly keep on keep on uh, putting it out that, that's good stuff um so here are my last two questions number one if, if you had the chance to talk with 100 brand new teachers what is one piece of advice you would want to give them about working with kids that is excellent and i would say it's uh it's not what you say it's who you are so invest in yourself you know like uh influence always flows down it never flows up so it, it, it's it, it, in a sports team if the manager says something it affects the whole team influence flows down into the team from the coach into the team uh, if somebody in the stand wants to make a decision uh, to affect the team, who's going to listen to the supporter in the stadium? You know, influence always flows down. So as you invest in yourself, like with the books you read and the people you hang out with, invest in your happiness, in your own knowledge, in your own joy, you know, it's who you are that is going to come into the children. So it's, of course, it's what you say, but but children remember who you are. They pick up who you are. And it's just being in your presence is what's going to change their life. And I'd also say, um, live your passion, you know? So like a lot of people, they never live their passion. And so they'll, they'll go to work and they'll come home and then they'll go into their garden shed and they'll like study tree frogs or, or, or trains, which is their real passion. So I'll say to teachers, like, let it be your passion. If it's not your passion, get out and make room for someone else whose passion it is. You know, you only live one life, live your passion. But if your passion is to teach and you know you're supposed to be there and you're appointed to be there, then, you know, you can't lose. You know, it's going to come out of you into those children. So invest in yourself. Influence will come out of you. Don't worry about that. And uh, and invest in yourself. Just keep yourself up and encouraged and happy. And those children are going to have their lives changed by you. Excellent. Love it. And last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? <laughs> uh, I do have one called, I have two teachers I remember, one called Mr. McKenzie, who was very, very frightening. <laughs> uh, we all have a teacher that we were frightened of at school. Uh, you can remember yours? Oh, yes. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Mr. Williams. <laughs> he was so frightening. I had holes in my books when my thumb had sweated through the pages. <laughs> I'd held the books so tightly. I was so scared of holes in my books. Wow. But I wouldn't say he changed my life other than being appreciative of, 
of uh, of, of life and <laughs> not being in my life. But I had a teach called Mr. Ball. Uh, Mr. Ball got out of his box, and uh, it, whenever he taught us like um, shooting, he'd take us to the rifle range. Oh, took he taught us World War Two, so he'd take us to the rifle range. Oh, or if he wanted to teach us Australia, he'd lined us all up. He, we had a boomerang. And the first person threw the boomerang over the school wall and it didn't come back. <laughs> and no one else had a go. And we all walked back into the classroom. But I remember his lesson. And like, uh, and perhaps the funniest one that the in history, we got taught about the black hole of Calcutta, which is where I think 300 British soldiers were stuffed in this little black uh, prison in India. And a lot of them died of suffocation and heat. But he stuffed the whole class into the greenhouse. Oh, and he, he locked all 30 children in this tiny little greenhouse. And it's so hot. Oh and we gosh. couldn't get out. And it's like, it's not something you do now as a teacher. <laughs> right. But, but, you, but you remember it. You know, I, 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 for monks, he made us all lay down and we all got to walk on each other in the doorway as penitents. <laughs> And I just want to say thank you to Mr. Ball for getting out your box, for not being afraid of being sued, <laughs> and for being just really creative and fun, That's you know? And I thought, oh, I just really appreciate a teacher like that who could get out of his box and just make life fun for us. That's excellent. That's, that is excellent. That's, and you're right. I, you not, not be afraid of being sued because some of the stuff today, it's like, oh my gosh, man, I, uh, you know, it's, yeah. I, I, I think that's probably the biggest problem in America is an outsider coming in. You you see, people are too afraid to take a risk or to do things because of the there's a quite you know there's a Sioux culture, uh, and it's just getting that balance of wisdom and actually I, I need to take a step in my life. I only get one life. Great advice. It, Mark, it's been so awesome talking with you today. I, I appreciate you joining me and sharing Get Out Your Box and Get Happy and Dream Stealer and your characters. And, and uh, it's just been a treat talking with you and your friends. I, I, I wish you and your team the very best in all that you do. And uh, and uh, this has been fun and we got to do it again sometime. And uh, just, thank, uh, thank you, you so much. And I just want to say to everyone listening, thank you for, for just hanging out with us. And uh, I just encourage you to hopefully there's something that we have said today and that you can place a key in your life and uh, i just want to encourage you just take an action step do something a little bit different this week in one area of your life to get out your get out your box and just shift your life in, in a better direction for you thank you teaching learning leading k-12 is excited to be a member of voice ed radio voice ed radio your voice is right here Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.